Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Paul says, grace to you and then peace. And when I understand grace that way, I have peace. It settles me. I got peace. I got grace from God and I also have peace from God the Father. It says in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to note that that's where peace comes from. And if you lack peace in your life, if you lack the the peace of God, it tells you right here, peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you feel like you're lacking peace within your daily life? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he encourages you to try not to find your peace within the world. No matter what, the things and the people of this world will ultimately let you down. The only one who won't is Jesus. Pastor Bill explains that only true and lasting peace can be found in the Lord. Sure, you might find temporary relief in the world and in relationships, but if you're wanting true peace, it's found in Christ. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The book of Galatians is written by Paul. That's not really disputed by anybody. It's written to We'll see the churches of or the churches of Galatia. So usually it'll say written to the, the church in Ephesus or the church in Philippi. Uh, those were cities. It says the churches of Galatia. Galatia was a region and there were several churches in the region. So this letter was written to all the churches in that region. And here's the issue that's happening in this area. Paul had begun the churches there. He had established them. He had ministered to them the the gospel, the true gospel, the gospel of grace that, you know, it's through God's love for you, God's unmerited favor, all that he did for us that we can be saved. These guys have given ear to some false teachers. There's a group that we call the Judaizers. These were Jews that were trying to, they were trying to add to their Jewish tradition, Christianity. Instead of letting the gospel of Jesus Christ be, make them brand new. They were saying, well, you, the gospel works. You know, you got to believe that. But they, they were trying to add some components of their Jewishness. So you got to believe on, the, the, on Jesus Christ that he died and rose again. And the men need to be circumcised. And you need to practice this thing over here. And they were adding, anytime you add something to the gospel, you pervert the gospel. And it's lo- no longer the gospel. Amen. Anybody tells you in order to be saved, you got to believe on Jesus and, and. Right when they say and. You can just start walking away. You know, you believe on Jesus Christ and be baptized. No, no. I'll be baptized after I'm saved. I'll be baptized because I'm saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm believing in the finished work of Jesus. That is, that's all I can do is believe it. He gives us the faith to do that too. And that's why it becomes a work of grace. That when anybody's saved, we can't say we did anything. We just received a great gift. Amen. God wants us to stay that way because God knows us. And God knows that we can add anything to it, that we'll add it and we'll hold up our nose. You know, we believed and I was immediately baptized. How long would it take you for you baptized? You got, oh, a month? I got baptized. I mean, it was seconds. My wife timed it. It was like 30 seconds after I believed I was baptized. So it took a year. Wow. 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 Mm. You know, that's that's how that's human nature that we just we want something to do with it. And God says, I want you to have nothing to do with it. That this is an absolute work of grace through and through that all we can do is be thankful and we can share that message to other people of what he has done. So that's what's happening in Galatia. That's what Paul is coming up against. 
In a lot of Paul's letters, he starts off with kind of some ooey gooey stuff. He'll tell him, you know, he'll have some niceties and, you know, he'll greet certain individuals. We're going to see this letter after he opens it up. He gets right to business because I think he's upset. I think Paul is saying, I can't believe you guys are going for this. He uses some strong language. It's not cuss words, but it's strong language that he uses in the book. And uh, we'll see as we go. So let's jump right in. Look at chapter one, verse one of Galatians. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So in Paul's opening, he wants to establish his authority as an apostle because he's getting ready to say some really heavy, weighty things. Paul's authority was always being challenged by those that was against him. And so Paul said, look, I'm an apostle. An apostle is a sent out one. And I just need to clear this up because we have a lot of churches today where men are becoming apostles. And this is kind of how it looks today. And this is what it looked like in scripture. Today, and I know you guys, how many of you guys have seen churches where guys, he used to be a pastor, then he was a bishop, now he's an apostle? Raise your hand. All right. So we all know those churches are over here. This is how it works in our churches around here. Someone will be a pastor, but now that there was a time where that wasn't big enough anymore. So everybody was becoming a bishop. And so they would just have a service and anoint themselves, have some people lay hands on them, and say, now I'm a bishop. And in their mind, a bishop just meant now I, I'm just a little bit greater than I, I'm just, I was just a pastor. Now I'm a bishop. And then after a while, that was no longer big enough. And so how many guys have seen ceremonies where guys inaugurate themselves to be apostles? Fred Price did it. He had a big old, you go to YouTube and laugh at it if you want to. Different guys have done this where they, they just, now they become apostles. And you look at it, they have men to make them an apostle. And I just want you to consider what you've read in your Bible. First of all, as far as a pastor, pastor, overseer, bishop are all synonymous terms in the New Testament. All means the same thing. So that's not a big deal. It's not, it, it doesn't change anything in that regard. An apostle like Paul, all the people that you see in scripture that were apostles, one, they had received the information directly from Jesus. So that was why there was an apostolic authority. We didn't get this message from men. We got it straight from the Lord. And so when we speak, it's untainted. This is immense with men's words or education. We didn't go to seminary. We got this thing straight from the Lord. And so we speak with the authority of those that have come directly from Jesus Christ with the message. Why do men today want to have that kind of authority? Because they want to have power over your life, right? That's what they want. What we need to be doing today is pointing you to the word of God. We, they didn't have 66 books. The New Testament was being written. We have the book. I don't need to be your apostle. I can be your pastor to point you to Jesus, who, who has all the authority and power. And if we just get up under his authority and power, we'll all be just fine. Amen? Amen. But that's how it's being used today. I want you to know that that's error. And so Paul says here, look, men didn't make me an apostle. Paul, an apostle, uh, I'm a sent out one with a message. I got it from the Lord. I'm on assignment. These are my credentials. He says, not from men. I wasn't sent out from men nor through man. Man didn't, it wasn't man didn't lay hands on me and confer apostolic authority says, but through Jesus Christ. And this is, you know, this is not really the point of it, but it's, it's a hint at the deity of Christ right there. He just makes a distinction between men. And he says, I wasn't made an apostle by men or through men, but through Jesus Christ. So he's saying Jesus is not merely a man. Just that's just for free. That's just there's a hint at the deity of Jesus right there. So he says, but through Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead, that's who made me what I am. And so that's he, he wants to make that clear because, again, he's going to say some weighty things. He says, and, and all the brethren 
all the brethren who are with me. So the letter is written from Paul, the apostle and all the brethren that are with him. Then it says to the churches of Galatia. Like we said earlier, it's the churches in the region of Galatia. It's not one city. It's a region where there's uh, several churches there. And he said, all you guys are falling for the same thing. I'm writing this letter to all you guys. I want all the churches to get this letter. He says, grace to you and peace from God, the father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is always Paul's opening, always grace and peace, never peace and grace, grace, then peace. And it's been said that you really can't have the peace of God till you really understand the grace of God. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's the favor we don't deserve from God that every one of us has been a recipient of. God loved us when we were unlovely. Amen. There was nothing great about us or wonderful about us when God said, I just love you and I choose you and I died for you and I did these great things for you. Grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It puts the believer in a really safe place because if God chose me, loved me, died for me when I didn't deserve it, then can I mess it up? Right. Some people going around with more kind of a schizophrenic relationship with the Lord. And that's what a works based kind of theology will do. If if I felt like I had to earn it, I was doing really good. And then I gave my life to the Lord. I was really, really doing good. So I, I, I earned it. I did this for it. But when you start doing poorly, you'll start feeling like, well, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm doing good. with. I don't know if I'm saying I don't know if God loves me. And your, your relationship with the Lord will be like this because you think it's based on what you're doing. But if you understand grace, you'll know that on your worst day, God loves you. God loves you, period. There's a finality to the love of God. He is love. And he loves me, period. When I was, was at my worst, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love. And then while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So I never really was good enough for it. I never really was deserving of it. I've never done anything to really earn it, but it was mine. That's grace. And if I can understand grace, then on a great day, when I'm, when I'm banging for the Lord, when I'm like, when I'm killing it, leading people to Christ and doing great things, I'll still know that it's just grace. I didn't earn this. I haven't I haven't earned it now. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not not have not earning my salvation, my walk with the Lord. I'll know that. And should I have a day? Anybody had a day as a believer where you messed up and felt terrible about your life? Anybody? Just us. OK, not just me. All right. Well, then on a day like that, it's gay way. God bless you. Gay. I'm with you, brother. All right. On a day like that, we'll know that, man, I'm, I'm covered, man, the grace of God. And we know that it's not to be. A, we don't abuse it. But it, it does kind of steady our walk with the Lord. It's not it's nothing. It's not us. And that's how come our worship continually goes to God. We just we should just be awed at the way that he loves us. Just what, what grace means for you and me. And so Paul says grace to you and then peace. And when I understand grace that way, I have peace. It settles me. I got peace. I got grace from God. And I also have peace from God. The father it says in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to note that that's where peace comes from. And if you lack peace in your life, if you lack the, the peace of God, it tells you right here, peace from God, the father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And if a person is, I'm, I'm lacking peace, I'm all frazzled then that's where you want to go. That's who you want to go to. That, that's where peace comes from. You won't find peace in solving your problems. You won't find peace in getting what it is that you desire. You're going to find peace in your relationship with God, the father, Jesus Christ. You're going to find peace there in your relationship with the Lord. And so that's his that's the sweetest thing he's going to have to say. And at verse six, Paul's going to get right to it. So he says, grace to you and peace from God, the father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us the gospel real quick. Paul just throws the gospel in there who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us 
from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. And he just, you know, I don't know if you know this, Paul just threw it in there real quick, who gave himself. Peace from him, from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil age. And so he reminds us there that God gave himself for our sins. And I want you to note that God's not interested in improving the world, as some people think. God's, God's not primarily concerned with fixing all the ails of the world. He said, I want to deliver you from the world, this present evil age. I want to deliver people from it. We have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Sometimes Christians can get caught up like, we're going to make the world a better place. You know that's not Bible. You know that God's not going to make the world a better place. Do you know if you study prophecy that it promises that the world is going to become a much worse place before we get taken out of it? And when it's all said and done, it's going to burn and God's going to make a new heavens and a new earth. and It'll be a new place. And so don't be overly concerned. We're trying to fix this place. God's like, what I'm trying to do is deliver people from it because some people love this place. They love the things of this world. They love the mindset of this world. And God said, I want to deliver people from that. And I, I read that and I was thinking, I thought of Lot's wife. God was trying to deliver them from the destruction that was getting ready to come to their world, to their area. And there was something there that she loved so much that she looked back and God said, then you can have it. And she became a pillar of salt right there. And you look at that. Well, I mean, I wonder, what was it? You know, did she have some shoes in the closet that she was like, I need my shoe. I, mean, well, I don't know what was there, but I'm like, if, if, if an angel from heaven is coming to deliver me from somewhere saying, I'm getting ready to burn it to the floor, I'm like, go faster. Make me fly. Give me wings. You know, she's looking back. I don't know what it was, but God said, you can have it then. And we want to be careful of that. There are people that love this place and God's trying to deliver us from it. Amen. So be careful of your affection. Be careful how tightly you hold to the stuff down here. God's really wanting to deliver people from falling in love with this place. And the way we get delivered from loving this place is being in love with him and be reminded of who he is and what he's done for us. And so, again, he gave himself for our sin that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And he just points to all the glory goes. Now, verse six, this is where he gets rolling. He says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And Paul said, I'm really shocked at you guys. I'm, I'm shocked. I marvel. That word marvel. Like I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at you guys. It's so soon you guys are turning aside from what you received. Initially, you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And so what was happening here? Paul would go into a region. He went into the region of Galatia, preached the gospel. People got converted. They came to Christ. They were born again. They were doing great. Paul says, all right, work has started. Raised up some people, leaders. And he went and he was working somewhere else. And he gets word that people have gone in with bad doctrine and that they received it. And Paul's like, come on. I don't know if you guys have ever seen somebody that looked like they were getting going solid with the Lord. And then you find that they they went to something else. And you're like, what, what, why would you do that? Why would you do that? You know, I've seen people that seem to have converted to Christianity. And then I find out that, you know, now they're a part of there, there's a guy. We actually went witnessing one day. Miss Monica remember because there was a young man that looked just like her son. I remember that. OK, it was on my old street and we were witnessing and. And I had a long conversation with this guy, you know, talked to him, prayed with him. And 
he 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 wasn't coming all the way though. It was like I, I believe, but I'm not ready to fully surrender. It was it was an unsurrendered, uh, not completely surrendered. And not, I'm at Whole Foods, you know, months later, and I see him in all this interesting garb, and I'm like, what in the world you done got yourself into, man? You we got this weird clothes. I said, man, wait. I, I shook his hand. I said that was with my daughter. And she's looking like, oh no, dad, you're gonna have another, you're gonna be here all night. And <laughs> sure enough, this guy is, then he done got all into some, you know, some weird thing, you know. And I just said, man, why, 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 what is it, what is it about this that, you know, what, I went and I asked him, I said, what, what about this is, is appealing to you? And it, it appeals to the flesh. There's some sense of power to it. It's got some racial tones to it. And, and it's got all these little things that, that really kind of, you know, this is tickle the flesh. There's something in it for you. Um, the gospel, when you look at the gospel for what it is, all the glory goes to him. We're just a recipient of a great gift. There's not really much to boast in. And so for those of us we witnessed all week, we found you find people that believe a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons. One thing I believe is this. I believe that everybody has a need for a relationship with the Lord. But I think we live in a very self-centered, selfish sort of society. And if there's some way that I can be a part of it. I, in my flesh, if there's some, if I can somehow have something to do with it, there's something in our flesh that says I want to do that, and that's where legalism becomes powerful. Nobody will. When you look at legalism, it's like you know you, you're gonna have some extra rules and restrictions so you can feel better about yourself. That wouldn't really appeal to anybody. Extra rules and regulations doesn't really appeal to us, but it can appeal to someone's fallen nature that says, well, this will make me better than them. I feel good about that. You know, I don't eat this. Anybody know some Christians like that? They're really proud about what they don't do. Some of y'all here don't be there. Right. You know, there are people that are really proud of all that they don't do. You know, I don't I don't do that. You know, I know a guy that he's a seven day Adventist and um, he's vegan and uh, he's really, really, really proud about his. I mean, really, really proud of, of all that, all the rules and restrictions and extra things. And I'm like, as you know, great. <laughs> I mean, great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Jesus. You know, be careful. Paul says, I marvel. I marvel that you are turning away so soon. From him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And I want you to note that he called you in grace. What God called me to and what God called you to is to be recipients of his grace. What he's made available to us didn't cost you anything, cost him everything available to you on the merit of his goodness. God's out. He called you to his grace. I marvel that you're you're turning away so soon from him who called you to in grace he says to a different gospel. Now, there's only one true gospel. So any other gospel or any other version of the gospel, it no longer becomes the gospel. It's not another of the same. It's a perverted gospel. So in our culture today, there are many perversions of the gospel. There is there's the word faith gospel that's prevalent. There's a lot of people that that are into that form of the gospel that says I come to God so I can get some more stuff. And who, what does that minister? That ministers to people's flesh. You know, that appeals to the to the sinner. I mean, you mean if I you mean if I if, if I do this, God will make me rich? You know, there are people then I, I'm gonna stop buying scratchers and go to your church. You know, if I sow a seed, I'm gonna get a harvest on my seed. Is that what you're telling me? You know, if I give a hundred dollars, I'm gonna get a, a hundredfold blessing back, you know. And I just wonder over time how many people are there doing it and doing it and doing it, and it doesn't work. And, and you know, they tell you after it doesn't work, but you must be something you're doing wrong. You're not believing. Right. You might you might have some sin who don't have some sin. Right. There'll be some reason why it's just not exactly. You, you know, you got, you got to get more. I actually know a man that was told by one of these guys that 
you know, he was giving, he said, I tithe and give regularly, but I'm not being financially blessed like he was expecting based on what the teaching he was getting. And they said that the reason why is you're giving what you can afford to give. You got to give what you can't afford to give for God to supernaturally bless you. And so they told him, if you want God to bless your household, then whatever you pay for your household for the month, what's your house note? Give that to the Lord. Uh, and actually, the person that was saying it was going to receive it. So that's it. You know, they said, what do you what is your business cost to run for a month? Give that to the Lord and God's going to bless your business and your household. Well, he did both in the same month and it didn't come back and he couldn't make a house payment and he couldn't make a business payment. And guess who he blamed? He blamed God. I wanted to slap the preacher and I told him, I said, don't blame God. I said, you blame that preacher. He lied to you. And you know what he told me? Don't speak down the man of God because that's what they trained him over there. Y'all beware of that mess. That's another gospel. That's not the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is, look, I, how many of you guys have been blessed by God when you ain't been doing right? Grace. I don't even deserve. You know you didn't deserve. You got blessed and you were like, oh, you cried. Why would, why would you do this to me? I'm so bad. That's, you know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And sometimes God is just lavish on you some blessing while you, you're messing up. You know it. And he just blesses you and you sit there. You can probably cry right there. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. That's grace. That's the reality. That's what God's really doing. God's not rewarding you based on how you're performing. And so if we could accept that, it would help our relationship with the Lord. That we'll stop trying to earn favor and we could just worship him for being so good to us. God, you're so good to me all the time. And we would just love him back and worship him. And everything that we do in service, we're not serving God so he'll bless us. I serve you because I'm blessed so much already. I don't I don't do for you, Lord, so that you will in return do this for me. God, you've already been so good that anything I do in service or anything I offer to you, it's it's a response to what you've done. I used to hate to hear this at my, my old church. They would say when praises go up, blessings come down. Right. That's a, that's messed up theology. Right. Because that basically saying, God, I'm going to praise you. So you bless me. That's not how it goes. I would, I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna manipulate you. I'm gonna sing to you songs so that you give me some more stuff. God, like God, don't see that coming a mile away. Who knows your heart? We praise Him for what He's already done. Amen. And so, but that's the, that's the type of stuff you you hear that enough in the church. Everybody knows it, but it's false. That's not the gospel. That's not according to grace. That's that's God. I'm, I'm even gonna take what I do for you at church and do it so you'll bless me. I'm gonna give so you bless me. I'm gonna worship you. So you rain down extra blessings. Everything I do is to get something else from you. And here's the here's the offense in that. All of that says that what God's already done, which is more valuable than anything you will ever get down here on Earth, is not enough. Right. That cross. I was so glad that we finally got our cross up. That's the most important thing. Not the piece of wood right there, but what he did on the cross. That is why we do anything for God, because of what he has done. He died for me. There'll never be anything I get on earth to top that. There'll never be a blessing I receive on earth, an item I receive on earth. I'm no longer going to hell, but I'm going to heaven for sure because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And for that, God, I'll worship you gladly. I'll serve you with passion. I'll, whatever I can do, I'll tell other people I'll serve you and I don't need anything. That's, that's all I need right there. That's what I need before I die. Everything else is going to come through my hands and fall right through. That's going to take me home. That's going to be with me for all eternity. That's the most important thing. And so when we worship, when we serve, it's it's that's how we want. That's what the ministry of the, the gospel of grace does. It says, God, you you've been good to me when I didn't deserve it. And now 
I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you've done that, Lord, here's my life. I worship you. I have my life. I surrender it to you. I don't want to clean up my life so God will accept me. I'm so blown away that he's accepted me already. Thank you for joining us today on A Transforming Word. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington as he continues through the book of Galatians. In Galatians 5, Paul discusses what it means to be set free by Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled the law and set us free from it. But Paul doesn't see that as an excuse to do whatever we want. In verse 13, he says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because of the work of Jesus on the cross, you and I have been set free, and now we can love one another. Without the weight of sin on our shoulders, we are free to serve. We hope today's message has encouraged you on your walk with Christ. If you want to hear today's message again, you can listen later on YouTube. You'll find the link on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. You can find a link to our mobile app as well. We have so many additional messages you can listen to that will help you in your walk. We also live stream the weekend services of Calvary Chapel Inglewood on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. Check us out at 9 or 11 Sunday morning online or in person. For those in the area, we also have services on Wednesday evenings at 7. Well, we're running out of time today. We're so glad you were here to grow with us. A Transforming Word will be back as we are transformed together to look more like Christ.